Hello and welcome to this episode of the Daily Walk Words podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw and it's my privilege to share with you God's Word for the 26th week in Ordinary Time. Let's open our hearts and our minds and uh, begin with a prayer so that we can welcome God's Word into our hearts. Let us pray. O God, who manifests your almighty power, above all by pardoning and showing mercy, bestow, we pray, your grace abundantly upon us, and make those hastening to, to attain your promises heir to the treasures of heaven. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not. But afterwards, changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, the first. Jesus said to them, amen, I said to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet, even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. As people of God, children of God, as people who are following Jesus by picking up the cross and follow him, we take today another step forward. And we are learning from the gospel what it means to be a child of God, what it means to live as a child of God. And we have been challenged big time uh, about what it means to be a Christian today. If you remember, we heard Jesus telling Peter, get behind me, Satan, because you are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. And we want to, therefore, because I don't want to be called Satan, I hope you don't want Jesus look at you and say, get behind me, Satan. We all want to learn what it means to think as God does and not as humans do. This is very important because today we are reminded that we as Christians must have the same mind as Christ. It means we must think in the same way. How can it not be, right? 
We are the body of Christ and he's the head. How can we, the body of Christ on earth, be thinking and doing things differently than the head? What would happen? What do you think would happen when the head says something and the rest of the body says something else? Imagine in war, a general that gives the order to go in one direction and the soldiers go, nah, no, I don't think so. I'm going to go this other way. Chaos. But what does it do to the, to the fact uh, that the battle is lost? Why? Because the, the whole army is no longer believable. And therefore, we must enter into this mindset that we as Christians identify ourselves as such only when we think and act according to what Jesus said. And today we see even more clearly what we've already been seeing a little bit last Sunday. We must see what God sees in the way that God sees, act as God acts, value what God values, love who God loves in the way that God loves us. And how does God love all of us? You should be expert by now. He loved, God loves us to death. To death. Meaning that he gave us everything. And that's the way we must do it too. What does it mean? That's what we are discovering. Last Sunday, you remember, Jesus with the parable told us that God respects our dignity. He thinks that we are so important. He values each one of us so much that he says, no matter what, says, go and work in my vineyard. But it's late, I'm too old, I'm too whatever. Go. Even if it's for an hour. Even if it's for half an hour. Because we learned last Sunday that work, we don't not only work because we need the paycheck, but because there is a dignity, there is something behind our work. We become co-protagonists with God in shaping the world so that even creation will look like God. God is so respectful of our dignity that he does the unthinkable. He considers us so important that he said, I'm sending my son. And what did, what did we hear Paul telling us? That Jesus did not consider his equality with God something to be holding on to. Instead, he emptied himself and he became as one of us so that we can become like him. And when he came, he didn't say, well, you know, guys, you have to do it my way, otherwise I'm going to, you know. He shared our own life. And he kept saying, and we saw, do you remember at the time when Jesus wanted to take some time away, when he heard that John the Baptist died, he wanted to go away. What happened? People asked him to minister. And what did he do? He ministered. Why? They were always more important than himself. Later on, uh, elsewhere, St. Paul tells us that Jesus became poor so that we can become rich. Poor, not economically, but he emptied himself, lost the glory that he had with the Father, and he became man so that we can become like him. Doesn't that blow your mind? This, this is what love does. Love wants to be united with the beloved. And because the beloved can make it, 
it is the lover that goes out and says, now I'm going to lift you up so that we can see each other face to face. This, my friend, is the God we worship. This is the God who loves us immensely. This is the God who, because of his great love for us, is capable of doing the unthinkable. Christianity is here. Understanding that God loves us so much that allows us to become more and more like his son. It means, therefore, that we too, when we go into the world, have to do the same thing. We have to look at people with the same dignity that God sees and be respectful no matter of what that person does. Am I making this up? No, it's in the book. What did we hear today? Paul tells us, consider the other as more important than yourself. The world, you remember, you have to think as God does and not as human beings do. The world tells us, no, the other is not as important. You have to let the other person do what you want. And if they don't agree with you, use whatever adjectives you know to make fun of them. They learn. Isn't that what we do? We assert our authority over another in so many wonderful, passive-aggressive ways. Now, the Word of God comes and says, whoa, let's start as God does. Let's start looking at each other completely a different way. And it seems to be incredibly not productive to do that, right? But now what happens? What happens if in a family, if in a church, one begins to consider the other as more important? So I consider you as more important. Okay, and I lift you up. You consider me as more important, and you lift me up. Well, then I have to consider you even more, more important, right? And I lift you up. You know what happens? We're going to go to heaven. And this is what we are supposed to be doing as a church, as we loving one another as Christ loved us. We go through this process of continuing to lift people up and allow others to lift ourselves up. And we are going to move heavenwards. We are going to go upwards. Doesn't your soul go, yeah, that's it, that's it. That's what we want to do. Isn't it? No, I hope so. This is what Christ wants to do in us. Wants to make us Christ. And live, theologically we say, we live in the manner of the Trinity. The people of the Trinity, the, the, the persons in the Trinity are constantly loving each other by losing each other into each other. And that's what creates the whole and sustains the whole world. We have to do the same. In order to do this, we have to change our mind about who we are, about who the other is, and about who God is. If we change our minds about these things, we can start seeing the wonderful things that God is doing in our midst. Look at what's happening in the first reading and in the, um, in the gospel we see that God shows his power by doing exactly what we don't expect him to do. The opening prayer has told us the same thing. And you said, amen, I heard you. He said, Lord, you show your power by pardoning and showing mercy. Instead of asserting the power, God pardons, forgives, and shows mercy, changes his mind. 
It's even in the Bible. I remember it, it's, it's a beautiful passage in the story of Noah. You remember the story of the ark? At one point, the text tells us that God regretted what he did. He changed his mind, said, hmm, I don't think this is going to work. And in fact, he was right. The next episode, we are back to square one. But this incredible ability that we have to change our mind is something we need to use. What does it mean to change our minds? Well, first of all, we have to understand. If I think that my identity comes from something that I believe in or something that uh, I'm holding on to, I'm going to spend my life fighting and protecting it because I'm afraid that people may come and hurt me or may attack my identity. The gospel tells us that our identity doesn't come from something we do or, somebody, or something that somebody else does. I'm not a child of God because you tell me so. I'm the child of God because God told me so. And I'm a child of God because God has adopted me into his family. So that identity, my true self, cannot be harmed, cannot be taken away. Technically, I cannot even give it away. God is committed to love me no matter what. God is even committed to love the devil no matter what. Because love knows no boundaries. All right. So now, if I have to change my mind about something, changing my mind about something is not a threat to who I am. As a matter of fact, it helps me to open up my mind so that I can welcome the other. Whether I agree with that person or not, I can still love that person. Look at the gospel. Jesus is telling this parable to whom? The priests, the scribes, and the elders. These are people who are rooted in their religious belief. And they are not going to change their minds about anything. We have those people, right? We still have people who, no matter what, if they agree with the church, the church is good. If they disagree with the church, the church is wrong. Peter did the same, didn't he? When he took Jesus aside and said, you're not going to go to Jerusalem and you're not going to be killed. And Jesus said, get behind me. You're not, uh, you're not telling me what kind of Messiah I'm going to be. But there's the temptation in us, always telling God what kind of things he's supposed to be doing. Okay, so Jesus says, it tells a story. There is a man who has two sons and to each of them gives the same order. Go and work in my vineyard. One says, oh, I don't think so. I have things to do. And the other guy goes, sure, Dad, I will. Yes, because I always do what you say. And then what happens? Who goes into the vineyard? The first guy, because he changed his mind. He realized, no, that's not the right thing to do. I wouldn't do what my father said. And he goes. The other one said, sure, he has the right words. He says all the right prayer. He says all that we believe, but he does it? No, he doesn't. And in the end, what actually counts is who goes into the vineyard. Jesus said elsewhere, he said, not those who say, Lord, Lord, will go into heaven. It doesn't matter how many prayers we say. What makes us into Christians? Whether we do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is, go and work in my vineyard. Ta-da. So, 
Now we see what happens. Now look at, Jesus said something incredible to these people. Like, like you are so stuck in your way that God cannot do anything new and you're not able to see what God is saying, is doing, because you're stuck in believing what you're believing. He says, look, because of the preaching of John the Baptist, tax collectors and prostitutes are going, are converting. And you don't even care about that. You're so stuck that you're not seeing that people are responding to what God is doing. And in the end, that's what counts, not what we so stubbornly believe. So we all, the challenge is very simple. We must always constantly check in if what we are doing matches the will of God. And how do we know if we are doing the right thing or not? We have to check first and foremost, what does Jesus tell us to do? And the basic rules, we heard that a couple of Sundays ago, are always the same, love. Am I being loving to that person? Am I loving that person as Jesus loved them? Am I opening up and welcoming, respecting the dignity of the other person? No matter what the other person believes and does, nowadays it's getting crazy, right? We are right, you are wrong, and I'm going to call you so many wonderful gifts in the name of God who loves us. No. In loving, what matters is loving. So, I cannot be offensive just because you disagree. No, I want to open my mind and welcome you. It doesn't mean that I agree with you or are now I'm sponsoring your way of thinking, but it means I'm considering you more important than myself. What's going to happen? I think the world will change. What would happen if we actually become people of the Word of God? People who are able to constantly check if we are living in the will of the Father. The world will change. Watch out. Newark, here we come. We want to commit ourselves this week to constantly open our hearts and finding always new ways in which God reveals to us how beautiful the world is. As we continue to pray, we want to thank the Lord that once again is revealing himself to us as a loving Father who is telling us, Believe in my love for you, allowing my love for you to really change your heart and be the foundation of your identity and the foundation of all that you do. And once that sinks in, we will be able to be loving and seeing the mercies of God spread throughout the world and be agents of reconciliation. So people out there too will realize by the way we love each other and by the way we love them that the love of God has no boundaries and it's able to transform each one of us. And I hope you felt encouraged by the gospel to live your life as Christ. Let's continue to pray for each other so that indeed we may be faithful to our call to constantly witness, experience and witness to each other and to others how much God loves us. God bless you and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.